Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest College Basketball Show, where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. Want to give a shout out to all of you who listened and downloaded yesterday's episode, and everybody who has subscribed to the show, left a rating and a review. Yesterday was our most downloaded episode of the year. Thank you so much for listening. And guess what? The NCAA tournament starts tonight. Yes, up in Dayton. The first four gets underway. Southeast Missouri State and Texas A&M Corpus Christi tip off at 6.40 p.m. on True TV. And then later on, after that game is over, Pittsburgh and Mississippi State, they play as well. It is the best time of the year, and it is time to talk all about it. And to do that, I have Rick Broering, the publisher of MusketeerReport.com, and the NKU radio analyst to talk about Xavier, Northern Kentucky, and Kentucky. Rick did tell me he had just gotten off the phone with Jim Nance as Nance prepares to call the Northern Kentucky and Houston game on Thursday night. So I appreciate Rick taking some time for the little people here and doing the rebound rundown. Rick, thanks for joining me. Let's start with the Xavier Musketeers. Talked yesterday with Nick Kirby, who just by chance in our Chatterbox family is an Atlantic Sun expert and knew all about, had watched all over uh, with Kennesaw State all season, had a chance to share that uh, knowledge with us here on the show. And now uh, to go back to you and, and to some of the things that you and I have talked about this year with Xavier, you've had a chance to look at the bracket yourself. You've done a full breakdown of Kennesaw State for musketeerreport.com. You're going to have plenty more where that's to come from this week. Rick, you and I were talking off the air about some of your first impressions of the owls and how this bracket breaks for the musketeers please share those with the audience because i think a lot of people would be very interested to hear them well i think the biggest thing that we were discussing is how well this bracket sets up for xavier and especially this first round game when you look heck let's just go within a, a the similar region with Xavier where you have Texas, a two seed playing Colgate, a 15 seed Colgate is a team with a top 50 offense in the country. They shoot the ball as well as anyone in the country, both from two point range and three point range. And they're a team that was in the NCAA tournament last year. They have experienced players of a coach who is a rising star in the industry. Colgate is a team that really scares you regardless of who they're going up against on the flip side, Xavier gets a draw against Kennesaw state and this is nothing against Kennesaw State that we could very well see Xavier in a dogfight with them with 10 minutes to go in that game. But if you're looking for a favorable matchup on paper, Xavier couldn't have done any better, I don't think. They really don't have the main things that give Xavier a lot of trouble in terms of a big athletic dynamic guard. They do have a small point guard, which I heard Nick Kirby talk about yesterday, 5'10", 170, a guy who's really quick off the bounce, but he's not much of a three-point shooter. So even if Sule Boom is struggling against him, and I think if you look at some of the competitions Xavier's played this year, Sule has done his best work defensively against guys like this who are closer to his size, smaller, not as strong, not as athletic. I think that should help him. But even if he can't match up in this game, I think you can slide over a Colby Jones, a Jerome Hunter over to defend their point guard, give him some room, play off of him, just cut off his drives into the lane and you're in pretty good shape. I just don't see a lot of ways in which Kennesaw State is going to provide a lot of problems for Xavier. 
And then on the other end of the court, I don't really see how Kennesaw State is going to defend Xavier. I see a team in Kennesaw State that is probably overseeded. They look a lot more like a 15 or 16 seed to me than they do a 14 seed. And I see a team that was a disaster a few years ago. Their new coach has done a great job turning the program around, but they're happy to be here. This has been a great turnaround. They're a great story. And to me, this is where their story ends. I don't see them being a team that's ready to take that step and make a run and pull some upsets in the NCAA tournament yet. So if anybody's looking at Kennesaw State just on Ken Palm numbers, the one thing that they do fairly well is shoot the three ball. They're 33rd in the country in three-point percentage. Um, does that give you any kind of a concern? I know a lot this year that we've talked about uh, opposing guards and and the perimeter giving Xavier some issues if teams can pour in threes. Does any of that even remotely give you kind of, any kind of concern? It does because uh, a few things. One, Xavier's defense has been prone to giving up three-point shots. So that's part of it. Two, they have a standout shooter in Chris Youngblood who can carry them on the offensive end is going to be shooting a lot of threes. But then in addition to that, they have another four, maybe five guys total on their team who can give you a lift from three-point distance. They're not all prolific shooters, but they're capable of making them. And in a game like this, where you're going up against a team where you're probably going be go- going to be overmatched, it's likely that they lean into shooting more threes than they otherwise might. And then from there, Kennesaw State, if Xavier was to win that game at 1240 on Friday on True TV, they would play the winner of Iowa State and then whoever wins tonight's game in the uh, the play-in games, which I should mention, the play-in games do start tonight. Uh, there will be Mississippi State and Pittsburgh play tonight in the 11-seed game. The winner of that game will play Iowa State. The winner of that game will play Xavier if Xavier is to win. Of those teams, Rick, is there one team that you're keeping an eye on just as a, a potentially good matchup for Xavier? I know Pitt's been able to score the ball. Mississippi State is kind of a poor man's Iowa State. Um, Iowa State can defend really well, but can't score the ball that well, especially here down the stretch. What are just some things that you're looking at for a potential Sunday opponent for Xavier? Well, to me, Iowa State is the best of those three teams. So that's the team you probably want to see the least. But at the same time, even if that ends up being the matchup Xavier's faced with, this is a team that went nine and nine in conference play and lost, I think, eight of their last 11 games in the regular season. It's not a team that's on a roll or playing great basketball right now. They, they beat Baylor in the Big 12 conference tournament, but they turned around and got smoked by Kansas the next night. So it's not like they're on a roll and, and playing their best basketball at the right time of year or anything like that. They're really in on the merits of a pretty good non-conference run where they they won some solid games. But again, it's like Villanova and North Carolina looked like really big wins at the time when they happened on neutral floors. But then Villanova, North Carolina turned out to be not Villanova, North Carolina, really, you know, so um, they they do have a huge win against TCU in conference and a couple of other decent wins, obviously in the Big 12, any win you get is going to be a quality win. So they're really in the tournament and with the seed that they have based on the strength of that, not so much that they've been a great team this year has found a way to win games. In the bottom side of that bracket, Texas is a two seed and they won the Big 12 very convincingly on Saturday over Kansas. David Steubenrock, who texted me earlier today, he is XU Statman on Twitter. He has been an XU statistician for years. He is the XU statistician at the games at the Centos Center. 
He is the man that gives you all the kinds of golden nuggets that you could ever ask for. He sent me a text earlier today and offered to be the stat man for this show for the week. And I said, anything he wanted to drop me, feel free. And I'd read it off for, for Stube's stat of the day. And the stat that I have for you today from Stube is this one. Only two teams are in the top seven in the nation in assists per game, field goal percentage, and three-point percentage. One of those teams is Xavier. The other team is Colgate playing Texas in the first round. Does that Colgate-Texas, does that match up intrigue you at all, Rick? It does, and for the reasons I just laid out about Colgate. If I was Texas... I would be furious that Xavier gets Kennesaw State and we have to play a team like Colgate. Yes, Colgate's going to be giving up athleticism. Yes, Texas should still win this game, and they may win it by double digits and, and go in away and all of that, but Colgate is a real threat. And if they play their best basketball and Texas has uh, a C performance, that might be enough to push Colgate over the top. Now, that being said, Texas is playing really well at, right now. They ran through the Big 12 tournament. They have three different players and Marcus Carr, Sir Jabari Rice, and Tyrese Hunter that can shoot it from three and, and shoot it with some some actual uh, uh, attempts. You know, they're not just yeah. like uh, really limited guys. They, they get a lot of squeezes off. So um, all three of those guys would scare me, and I think they'll be okay against Colgate, but it's not an easy first-round matchup. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, let's go and move on to Northern Kentucky. You will be traveling down today down to Northern Kentucky to uh, or down to Birmingham rather for the NKU game against um, Houston on Thursday night. What are you looking for in this game, Rick? What are your overall thoughts? Well, I think the biggest question everyone's going to be having right now is what's the status of Marcus Sasser for Houston. He's their, their best player overall, a leading scorer. Obviously Jarris Walker is their best NBA prospect. He's going to go in the lottery next year as a one and done, but for this team, the senior, the veteran presence at the guard position, losing Marcus Sasser is a massive deal. Now, it may not feel that way to Houston fans going up against the 16 seed, but if you're the 16 seed Northern Kentucky and you're praying for an upset against all odds, then you'd definitely like Houston to be down without their top player and their starting guard. So that Marcus Sasser groin injury is definitely going to be a big storyline going into this. I think another thing that I'm looking at that makes this kind of interesting for NKU is Jarris Walker is unbelievable. 6'8", 240, do-it-all forward, who's going to be drafted probably as a lottery pick in the upcoming NBA draft. They have not played against a guy who's as talented as him, but their last game against Cleveland State, they faced one of the more talented players, probably the most talented player in the Horizon League in Tristan Anaruna, who was a former top 50 recruit in the country, started his career at Kansas, then went to Iowa State, and then matriculated to Cleveland State now at the mid-major level. But he's 6'8", probably about 20 pounds lighter than Walker is, but can do it all a little bit. So I'm not saying it's an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but it does give you an idea of what NKU will try to do within their matchup zone to limit a player like Walker who can do it all from the forward position. And uh, it's going to be a really difficult matchup any way you slice it. But I do think there are some reasons to think NKU could maybe stay in this game for a while. If NKU is to do something that has only ever been done one time before, which is a 16 seed beating a one seed, you think it it would have to happen just by just by the virtue of that kind of a fact where they just get themselves into those matchups like like what you said there and and just hope for the best. 
I think there's no question that you're if you're if you're looking for the route to an NKU upset, you're buying all into the low possession game, which we know Houston is into and NKU is certainly into. Both teams like to play slow and keep the possessions down. You're hoping the score stays as low as possible. And then the biggest thing for NKU, the games where they've really struggled, especially against high major competition, like I'm thinking about the Washington State game where they had a 6'5", 215-pound point guard in the Bamba kid who was really just able to lock Marquez Warwick up. Warwick is an incredible scorer, but at 6'1", and 180-ish pounds, getting open and being able to free himself from big athletic defenders is not his strength. And when NKU can't get him on track, their offense tends to struggle. So I think going up against guys like Jamal Sheed and Tremont Mark and potentially Marcus Sasser could really be a big problem for NKU trying to get their offense on track. But um, defensively and, and looking at a low score game, that's, I think, where the hope comes in for Norse fans. All right, let's move on now to Kentucky. And they are playing a familiar name for this podcast. They're playing Providence. And boy, oh boy, what a storyline we have here with Kentucky transfer Bryce, Bryce Hopkins playing against his former team and the Wildcats. This is a game that you and I both know he will be extremely motivated for. And before we went on the show, we both agreed. We have no idea what to expect in this game. And you could say that for a lot of games in March. Of course, it's March Madness. But this game more so than maybe other, when you look at a Kentucky team like this Kentucky team this year, I have no idea if Kentucky wins this game by 20 points, if they lose this game by 20 points, or in or in your words, if it goes to double overtime and it's one of the greatest games of the weekend, I have no idea. Uh, I can't wait for this game. And I think you could have maybe said that about any team Kentucky would have played against because with Kentucky right now, there is no rhyme or reason to any of their results. It seems like if they come out and they play well, then they've got a chance against anybody. But all too often, and it, it, it doesn't seem like they build momentum well, from game to game, it's anybody's guess as to which Kentucky team is going to show up. But you saw it in the first round of the SEC tournament. I guess not the first round, but Kentucky's first game of the SEC tournament where they lost to Vanderbilt 80-73. to 73, and They just didn't show up. And Vanderbilt was playing pretty good basketball, but uh, Kentucky absolutely got smacked in that game. And uh, this Kentucky team is talented enough to run Providence off the court, I think. That would not be a surprise to me if Kentucky plays its best. But it wouldn't be a surprise to see the other way around either. And the whole Bryce Hopkins storyline, I think, favors Providence more than it does Kentucky, in my opinion. Do you think Kentucky got a favorable road here? Because I think that there is definitely a path when you talk about conspiracy theories in the NCAA tournament. Kentucky's in the East region, and there is definitely a path here where Kentucky and Duke play at Madison Square Garden in the Elite Eight. I don't think there's any doubt that they got a favorable draw. Now, again, they could lose to Providence. They could lose to Kansas State. They could lose to Marquette or Michigan State or whoever comes out of that other bottom part of the bracket. But they could also win all those games, and it wouldn't be an upset necessarily in any of them. I'm not sure exactly what the line would be between them and Kansas State, but I don't think it'd be too large in favor of the purple Wildcats. I was going to say Wildcats, but I guess that doesn't work in that matchup. Yeah. Uh, the purple Wildcats of Kansas State. I I don't know. I, I think there's a pretty good chance that we're talking about Kentucky playing into the second weekend. Um, and 
you know, I, I really think the same thing about both, both Big East teams down at that bottom part of the bracket. It's like Marquette and Providence both have a good chance, just like Kentucky does, to make a run through here. I think it's it's wide open there. All right, Rick, before we sign off now, is there anything else that you have just on the bracket in general? Any other matchups that you're looking at? Anything that sticks out to you? Any nuggets, news, anything that you're looking at here um, before we sign off? Paul, I want to know which matchups stand out to you, like in terms of your favorite matchups, your pet matchups. Which ones are you excited to watch? Well, I think the I think the Kentucky Providence one is no doubt one that's really going to stick out. Same. I I really like that Drake game. I I think that Drake as a 12 seed in the first round, I think all the 12 seeds in the first round, um, I, I saw somebody picking all 12 seeds to win. I don't think that that's going to happen. But uh, Drake in the first round intrigues me. Against Miami. Against Miami. Yep. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. Sorry. Against Miami. And um, um. I'm drawing a blank here. There's one. There was one other that stuck out. FAU Memphis, the eight nine game. That is a fantastic game. It's a shame. It's a real shame that that game is an eight nine game because those are two very talented teams. I thought the committee did a very good job just overall, but there were some things that maybe you could have argued about with seating. FAU is somebody that I thought was underseated, and um, that is a very very intriguing eight nine game i will totally agree with you on florida atlantic dusty may has done a great job with that team nku actually played at florida atlantic earlier this year so i went down to their gym i watched them in person they're a well-coached team they have talented guards they have some size inside not great talent inside but they do have some legit size to battle with big men and and, and eat up some fouls I'm interested in Florida Atlantic as, as a potential sleeper team. So I, I like that pick a lot. I'd tell you one more that I would add in that I'm really looking forward to Virginia Furman as a four thirteen game. I think this Fer- Furman team really has legs as a potential upset pick. I think they're well coached. Of course, Jeremy grow the former Xavier assistant and uh, filled some other roles, video coordinator. And I think director of ops at one point under Chris Mack and, um, I guess he left before Travis Steele ever became head coach. But yeah, Jeremy Grow was a longtime Xavier guy, is now on the bench as the associate head coach at Furman. Might even be a chance he ends up as their next head coach or gets a head coaching job somewhere else. So that's definitely going to be a game that I'm interested in. Paul's Pick of the Day presented by Betfred Sportsbook returns tonight. And while I don't see lines right now on the Betfred Sportsbook for tonight's games, I'm going to guess that Pittsburgh opens up somewhere as a three-point underdog to Mississippi State in the first four game. I'll take the Panthers there, plus three against Mississippi State at UD Arena in the first four. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. Again, make sure you subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. So much more content to come as we get ready for the first round of the NCAA tournament starting on Thursday. You can also join the Chatterbox Sports Bracket Pool on ESPN. Just go to the group page on ESPN. If you're in the Discord for Chatterbox Sports, we posted the link in there as well. But if you just want to go to ESPN Tournament Challenge, you can search Chatterbox Sports and join the tournament challenge. My bracket is listed as the rebound rundown. Can't wait to see how long that one lasts. But again, that does it for today's show. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.